Let's pray. Lord God, we recognize that you are the one true God. As we sang that song, your creation bears witness to your glory, your majesty, your power. The stars remind us of how huge and immense and powerful you are. And even though we don't understand how it all came to be, we don't understand how it is, we understand that you are the God, the creator, the redeemer, the sustainer of all. And so we look to you, God, in the midst of this, this time of elections, this time of, of, of division, of hatred, of people talking at each other and missing each other. God, we pray for you to reign, for your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven, for your justice to be known, for people to, to in this country, for leaders who would honor you in their leading, who would worship you, who would follow you, who would love you and love others. God, we pray for this process of election, this season of this next months, coming months in the election year. God, we pray that you would reign and that you would raise up the leaders, not just the president, but also all the leaders that would lead this country well, lead this country in a way that would point to you and bring freedom to you. We thank you for the gift of this country that we can worship you so freely and speak of you so freely and for all the amazing abundance and gifts we have living here. And may we, uh, as your people, live uh, well in this country, in this place, while remembering our true citizenship is in heaven. Our true citizenship, our true king is you, even as we seek to do our best and care for and live in this country here and its place. And we think of those places all over the world that have much worse political problems, much more unrest, much more the civil wars and the fightings and the corruption. And Lord, we choose one place right now to quietly pray for this morning. Lord, please bring your peace. We long for and look forward to the day when you'll come again and you'll make a new heaven, a new earth with no more fighting and no more war, no more tears. And so this morning we look uh, to you as we worship together as a community and thank you for your word coming through Steffi. Bless her and speak to us through her, we pray, and, and trust by your spirit. Thank you for this chance and privilege of worshiping together as a community here at Whitworth. What an amazing gift. And for every person in this room, God, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's raining. Sort of goes along with my message. Go ahead and hit the screen. We're going to jump right into the message. Coming from the book of Mark, the sixth chapter, 45 through 52, it reads, As soon as the meal was finished, Jesus insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead across to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the congregation, after sending them off, he climbed a mountain to pray. Late at night, the boat was far out at sea, and Jesus was still by himself on land. He could see his men struggling with the oars, the wind having come up against them. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the sea. He intended to go right by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and screamed, scared out of their wits. Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. 
And as soon as he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. They were stunned, shaking their heads, wondering what was going on. They didn't understand that he had done what he had done at the supper. None of this had yet penetrated their hearts. Coming out of the book of Matthew 14, 28 through 31, Peter suddenly bowed, said, Master, hmm, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. He said, come ahead. Jumping out of the boat, Peter walked on the water to Jesus, but when he looked down at the waves, churning beneath him, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, what got in to you? This is the word of the Lord. I want to ask you this morning, do you have water walking faith? When I was 11 years old, I nearly drowned in our community swimming pool. I had been swimming for quite a while. My mother had taken me to the pool that day and was sitting on the nearby bench. I decided this was the day that I was going to go into the deep waters. It was about 10 feet deep. I really was assured that I could do what I had set out to do. And I knew I knew how to swim. And if I could swim in the shallow, hey, it would be a piece of cake swimming in the deep. So I proceeded to climb up the ladder to the diving board. My mother stood up and looked at me and smiled. Be careful, sweetie. The water, it's deep. Now, my mother couldn't swim, so she was a little fearful for me. But hey, I said, it's okay, mama. So I got up to the diving board, and it seemed that everyone's eyes was on me right at that time. Hmm. And then it happened. And then it happened. Fear gripped me. Legs began to shake. Stomach began to churn. I was nervous. And then I heard someone say, go ahead and dive in. Just go ahead and dive in. And so with my hands like this, like I had been taught, I got on the diving board and proceeded, didn't dive in, went arms out like an eagle. And we know what the rest happened. Belly flop. It didn't look good. It didn't look good. The air was knocked out of me. I swallowed water. I was flinging around like a fish, and I came up yelling, help! And then rescue came. It was the lifeguard. He dived in. My mother, as they tell me, tried to climb and tear the fence down. Now, mind you, she couldn't swim. But after it was all over, there I was, sitting by the side of the pool, towel wrapped around me, and of course, I was embarrassed to, to the max. And as I drove home with my mom, there was silence, and I said, oh, I know she's going to give me sympathy. But out of her mouth came these very words, you're going back tomorrow. I was like, hey, no way. Oh, she said, oh, yeah, you're going back because if you don't go back, you will always fear the water. Even though my mama couldn't swim, she said, I'll be right there with you, sweetie. So the next day, I went back to the pool, and it seemed like that everybody that was there yesterday 
was there that day too. One little kid say, hey, aren't you the girl that I almost drowned yesterday? I wanted to lie. I was like, yep, I'm the girl that I almost drowned yesterday. And then I said, my mom said for me to come back so I won't be afraid of the water. But when I looked up, I saw the very lifeguard that had rescued me. And he simply said, hey, you're a brave little girl to come back. He said, don't forget, I'm right here. I'll make sure that you're safe, okay? Although I was not in a boat, I was not rowing, I was not in an actual storm, I was not even in the sea, but I was truly having a water-walking faith moment. Have you ever had a water-walking faith moment? What happens when something happens to you and you're in the midst of your comfort storm zone? Jesus had commanded the disciples to go to the other side. They were probably tired. It was in the evening. They were in the middle of the sea. And then here comes the wind and the storm, and they had to row to the other side. What happens when you try to row to the other side in the circumstances in your life? You see, when circumstances come, we can easily lose focus on Jesus. You see, the disciples lost focus. They forgot that Jesus had climbed the mountain to pray. And the scripture says that he could see them struggling with their oars, the wind having come up against them. And then Jesus does something else. He comes towards them walking on the sea. But when they saw him, the one they had been with for all this time, they got freaked out. They got scared. They said, it's a ghost. Hmm. And the word of the Lord says, hmm, have courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. There have been times where we all have been afraid, scared out of our wits. We've been frustrated about the storms that have come in our lives, trying to row out of the circumstance, and the ways of despair, the ways of disappointment keeps us from going nowhere. But what can we learn from these passages of Scripture? Number one, Jesus watches prayerfully over us in our times of storms. He was on the mountain praying. Know that whenever you're going through your water-walking faith moment, Jesus is praying for you. For the Word of God tells us in Romans 8 and 34, right now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. Number two, Jesus waits for us to invite him into joining us in our struggles. In the passage where we saw in Matthew 14, the chapter said, Peter cried out, save me, save me. And Jesus did exactly that. He reached down and grabbed his hand. And then he said, faint heart, what got you? What got into you? And we must learn to trust God in our water-walking faith 
moments. We don't need to panic when we cry out. We must believe that he will be there to get us out in the time of trouble. What a difference it makes when we invite him into the circumstances in our lives. Number three, Jesus offers us courage, comfort, and cheer whenever he draws near. We see in the passage of Scripture, Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. He is tender hearted and kind to them. He doesn't get upset with them any further. He calms them down. He told them courage. He didn't tell them, buck up, man up. He didn't do that. He didn't say that because of their own power. He gave them reason to be of good courage. He said, don't be afraid. He was no phantom. He was their beloved Lord and Master, the one who had shown them not long ago that he is able to command the wind and the waves to do his bidding. Number four, our frustrating times become much easier whenever Jesus steps into them. It says in the scripture, they were stunned, shaking their heads, wondering, oh, what is really going on? They didn't quite understand what he had done at the last supper. None of this had yet penetrated their hearts. This was a learning moment for the disciples. They were still learning about the Lord, and they still didn't understand. And there will be times in our lives where we just won't understand we will even become angry at times there will be times where we may even want to say God I don't know if I want to do this anymore but we must understand that we need to trust him and lastly number five the crucial thing to Jesus in frustrating times is the condition of your heart when you have these water-walking faith moments, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't lose focus. You will have your circumstances, but don't let your circumstances have you. Peter boldly said, Master, if it's really you, call me to come to you on the water. And when Jesus says, come on, Peter, come on, he is saying, Trust me. Come on. You can trust me. We can lean and depend on him. But we must trust him enough to get out of the boat. Our heart has to be conditioned to trust him. The word tells us in Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, which is my mother's favorite scripture before she went home to be with the Lord. She used to say, Stephanie. Trust in the Lord, baby. Trust in him. Lean on him. Get in his arms. Depend on him. Don't lean to your own understanding. She said, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And she said, baby, if you do that, he will direct your path. Do you have water-walking faith today? Some of you are going through some tedious storms in your life. I'm going through a storm right now. But I decided right now to get out of the boat. Because I got to trust him. I have to remember what my mama said. Lean on him. Depend on him. 
because I know if I do right now, he's directing my path. And Jesus tells us to come to trust him. And remember one thing, young people. If you feel like you're sinking, look to the lifeguard. He's reaching down for your hand to say, come, be of good courage. Do not be afraid, for it is I. May God bless you and keep you continually.